everyone. Welcome to The Pursuit. I'm your host, Ben Spangle. Super excited for our show today and our guest today, uh, Peggy McCall. I've known Peggy, I've known her for the last couple of years, but I've known of her for a very long time. Very long time. Uh, let me tell you a bit about Peggy for those of you that don't know. I know many of you do, uh, but we're going to get to hear from today a world-renowned wealth and manifestation expert, You know, someone that, that I've learned a lot from in working more with the law and the law of attraction. She's the host of the Manifestation Podcast, which you'll love, a New York Times selling best author. You know, when I say best selling author too, I want to give you context. She's authored 19 books. That's now these books are translated into 37 different languages in over 82 countries. And not only that, but she's a coach to best selling authors. You know, a lot of authors go to her. I mean, it's one of her famous programs for that. And I know she's worked with some pretty big names and endorsed by some pretty big names. Bob Proctor, of course, being one of them. Robin Sharma, Marianne Williamson, Gay Hendricks, Neil Donald, Neil Donald Walsh, the Conversation with God author, uh, the late Wayne Dyer, Richard Carlson. I mean, amazing, amazing stuff. So Peggy, I'm honored to have you with us today. Thank you for being here and sharing some time with us. Oh, thanks, Ben. I mean, I loved when we did our interview the last time. And when I saw your email coming, it's like, yes, I definitely want to do it. I love such a positive impression on me, which you do. That's what you do. You leave positive impressions. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, um, so excited about, I, mean, I got a lot of things I want to talk to you about today. And, and I'm very excited about some, some things we're going to talk about that you have coming as well too. Um, I think I'd like to start for people that don't know you. I mean, it, when they look you up, they're going to see this amazing life that, I mean, I know you're financially independent many times over, been living a dream life for a long time. But I know, because I've heard you share this, I know it wasn't always that way. And right. I, I would love if you could share a bit of your backstory and, and maybe even that moment of just that change. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and I think we all have moments where things change and it could be a moment of like complete dissatisfaction with your life. And that was certainly my experience. So my journey into positive materials and personal development began when I was at the young age of 19. So that was about five years ago. Okay, maybe <laughs> not five. <laughs> okay, that was over 40 years ago. And I was working for a company in Toronto. I was born and raised in Toronto, live in Ottawa now. And I was working for this company. It was really a, a company that was on the leading edge of technology at that time. It was prior to microcomputers. It was in the word processing space. And so it was a really fun place to work. And I had a great job there, but I actually had a really bad attitude. And I, I was told by my employer that we had to go to this event, this special evening event, which obviously was outside of office hours. And right. we we're going to have a kind of like a rah, rah event. Let's get the year off to a great start and everybody moving in the right winning direction kind of thing. And I was like, oh, what a bunch of crap. I mean, I really had a bad attitude. I didn't want to go. And so we were told we had to go. It wasn't optional. We must go. So I decided that I'm going to show up at this event and I'll, I'll wait until everyone's in their seats and then I'll just slip in the back you know, find myself a seat and the first opportunity I'm going to sneak out of there. So I arrive at the event just as it's about to start. And I come to the, the ballroom and I'm looking around and there's no seats anywhere. And it's like, oh my goodness, like that was packed full. And the lady who was on stage was ready to start. You know, she had the microphone in her hand and about to announce the speaker. She sees me and she waves me over because there's a seat right in the front. So wow. she's like, come on over. And it's like, oh brother, now I can't escape. And yeah. so I go and I sit there right in the front. 
And she introduces Bob Proctor. Well, I didn't know who Bob Proctor was from Adam. And so this gentleman comes on stage and I'll tell you, Ben, like within an instant, he woke me up and he started saying things that were completely foreign to me you know things like if you want your life to change you must change and and he talked about how we are or why we are the way we are you know the the whole stick man concept and this yep. was all like I, i'm certain i was sitting there like you know my mouth gaped open yeah but there was something significant that he said that really caused this desire within me to really seek to get better answers and to increase my own awareness. He said the following when he quoted Vernon Howard, and he said, you cannot escape from a prison unless you know you are in one. Mm. And it's almost as if he, as soon as he said that, and he went on to further explain it, I realized I had been locked away in a prison of my own making. Mm. I had believed that I was destined to live this miserable life because it was pretty miserable. I'm, I was suicidal actually prior to meeting the wonderful Bob Proctor. And I don't know, you know, if you've ever felt that low, but that's how low I felt. I mean, it was not a great place to be. It was a very upsetting place to be. I was constantly angry, sad, you know, miserable. And then of course, and, and even though I was a young girl, I was accumulating debt, you know, I was having relationship breakups. I was starting to have physical challenges and surgeries. And it was like, and it wasn't going in the right direction for sure. So when Bob Proctor, you know, I was introduced to him, I decided this man knows what he's talking about mm-hmm. and I am going to change my life. And so Bob started to offer programs and I signed up right then and there. And he would recommend books. And I ran out and I bought them. And I didn't read them. I devoured them. I became a total addict. Now, I don't have addictive personality, but I'm absolutely an addict for personal development. And I, you know, that was over 40 years ago. I was then and I am now. So that really started the journey. Hmm. And, you know, as a result, I really wanted to heal my own emotional pain first. I wasn't thinking, oh, one day I'm going to write books or one day I'm going to have a business. That's not what I was focused on then. The focus initially was heal thyself, right? right? Like heal the emotional wounds that are within me because I know I can't help another until I help myself. Mm. And so I invested several years in doing that, like really just working on me. And it wasn't until several years later, then I got the idea of, hey, I think I'll start a business and and start teaching other people too, because I'm very much into simplicity and strategy, simplicity and strategy. So I like to study all these different teachers and, you know, experts in the area, but I want to simplify what they're sharing so that you can apply it into your life using simple strategies. So that was my initial start to all of this. And in 1994, I incorporated a business Dynamic Destinies Inc. that's been going strong for over 26 years. Mm. In the year 2002, I wrote my first book, second and third book. Actually, I wrote three wow. books and released them in 11 months. And I had never, you know, like a lot of people that write books, they have that dream for their entire life. That wasn't me. I never had the dream my entire life I would write a book. But around 2002, the idea popped in my mind. I thought, oh, I think I'll do that. And I wrote my first book. And and I've been involved in technology pretty much my adult life, you know, going from technology firms when I was working in the corporate world 
to uh, marketing online. So mm-hmm. in 1994, when I incorporated my business, I was actually working for the very first dedicated internet service provider. So I was, no my eyes were open to WWW way back then. I started registering domain names in 95. I actually had my website up and uh, and I've been using the internet ever since. And what I love about it is the, um, the flexibility and the opportunity because the numbers just continue to grow as far as people online and as yeah. far as revenue that's being produced, it's a trillion dollar market now. And what I love more than anything is the opportunity to serve people anywhere in the world, no matter where they are or no matter where you are. Wow. An incredible story. And I think there's so much in that. One of the things I think that I love that you talked about is when you first started on your journey, it wasn't a grand vision of the life that you were going to you know, now have today and have had for decades now, but, but just, I got to work on me. I've, I've got to, yeah. you know, I got to heal, heal thyself, as you said. And I think for a lot of people listening that, that's probably hopeful for them. And they're thinking, well, you know, I hear people talk about this great purpose in our life and I don't have that yet. I just feel I want to, <laughs> I just want to get better myself. So I think right. it's wonderful to hear that from you. Um, yeah. You know, and honestly, you mentioned purpose in life. I didn't discover mine until the nineties. I mean, it, it wasn't like I, I didn't know, it, you know, when I was 19 and met Bob Proctor, I mean, it just discovered it in my nineties. It just all of a sudden hit me. You know, my purpose is to make a positive contribution to lives of millions. And I didn't know how I was going to do it. Of course, we don't have to know how, but it came to me. So I think, uh, I think, you know, and I know this from personal experience, people are tend to be hard on themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to be loving with ourselves, easy on ourselves, but yet disciplined and committed as well at the same time. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. I was literally talking to a group of our team the other day about that very subject of that transition from being so hard on yourself to, to loving and, yeah. and still, still hold great standards, but exactly, but be loving for sure. Um, right. Peggy, I'd, I'd like to talk to you about this. I mean, I know one of the things that you're a pro at and have so much expertise in is just this idea of manifestation, working with the law. If we could begin, if we could even start, let's say somebody's listening and, and this, maybe this is relatively new information for them and this idea. What's the basic premise or understanding you would want to convey to people about that? Yeah, that's such a great question. And as I said earlier, I'm all into simplicity. So here's here's what I would suggest is it really think about what you would love. You know, there's, there's like a three-step process. That's the way I, I like to look at it. You, you think about what you would love, but yet make a decision about that as well. So how would you love to be living your life? Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, Ben, you know, I'm living a, a dream life now, but I wasn't back then. So what does that mean to you? Does it mean that you're in a wonderful relationship, happily married as I am now, living in a beautiful home? Does it mean you're millionaire, multimillionaire? Does it mean that you're doing work that you deeply love and you're wildly successful? Maybe you have a desire to be an author as well and you you want to be a an internationally renowned author, like successful books sold all over the world and multiple languages on the New York Times bestseller list, whatever. You just get clarity around what you would love mm-hmm. because, you know, we live in this great world, Ben, where we can just decide, you know, on anything. And that ability is within every single one of us. So that's where I suggest decide, what would you love? How, how would you love to be living your life? Get clarity around that. The next step in the manifestation process, determine What do you need to believe and feel in order to have that experience in your life? So because we create based on who we are, right? You change your identity, you'll change your life, right? You change what you believe about yourself, you'll change your results. And so 
What do you need to believe in? Who do you need to become in order to have that? So if your desire is to have greater success or be the number one person in your field or whatever that is, what is that person like? Is it somebody who's very disciplined? Is it somebody who's positive? Is it someone who's service oriented? It is somebody who's, you know, committed to their goals and they're achieving them, you know, over and over and over again. Like maybe it's some of those things, all of those things, some other things, whatever it is, because you must believe it. You've got to develop the belief system that's going to support the outcome. Mm -hmm. And the third is just as important as the other three, because you can't get to number three without going one and two. And that is to live as if. And prior to us recording today, you were talking about living from the goal. And so this is really where step three comes in. And this is where I see a lot of people challenged, a lot of people challenged because they continue to look at their current results. They have a desire for better results. They may have even set a goal for better results, but they get emotionally involved in looking at their current results. And so they stay there or they continue to produce the same kinds of results, even though that's not what they want. So you have to live, act, feel as if what you desire is already here now, Mm -hmm. like right now, even though there's no evidence of it in sight. And as Neville Goddard teaches, deny the evidence of the senses, which means what are you seeing? What are you hearing? What are you speaking? What are you feeling? What are you touching? So you have to deny it. So you have to imagine. And I've used that so many times with buying dream homes or my relationship with my husband. And it's all done in your imagination. Now we point to our head because that's where we think our imagination is. But this really is a full body experience because you bring in the energy of the emotions. You must feel it, like feel it in your heart. You know, Bob Proctor often says, if you can think it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. And and I agree, you think it in your mind, you hold it in your hand, but there's the step in between is you got to feel it in your heart. So you can think it in your mind, hold it in your heart, then you'll hold it in your hand or have it in your hand. And so that is so important, so vital for success. And those really are the three simple steps. Now, simple, yes, easy, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason, yeah. and the reason yeah. is because we're habitual creatures. So we've got to condition ourselves, condition ourselves. How do you condition yourself? Through daily disciplines, mm-hmm. positive daily disciplines. Mm-hmm. That's so great. I love that process. And really that whole idea to begin with is just find something that you can fall in love with. And I yeah. think as you expanded on that idea too, of just what do I need to believe and and what would that person be like? What would that lady be like? What would that guy be like? And stepping into it. Can you talk to us a bit more about this? Cause I think, you know, at the time of this recording, we're still in the middle of COVID-19. There's so, there, I mean, always in life, there's going to be external clutter, if you will. There's going to be things going on right. in our external environment. And what you said is so important. And like you say, simple, but not always easy to a- apply. So can you, t- can you talk to everyone listening and myself too, because I find this is something I'm super focused on all the time. How do we start to really, really work with, as you had said, living from our imagination, but in the simple sense, hey, start to block out your present circumstances. Can you expand on that idea? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a number of things that you can do. And, and, but let me preface that by saying it doesn't matter what you're doing. It, it, I mean, you can do a hundred things a day. What matters most is how you are feeling. So I'll make some recommendations, but you got to go with the ones that you personally resonate with. And right. what I'll start with is the one technique that I implemented back in the 90s that has made the biggest difference in my results. Okay. And I know you know what that is. And that is, 
a power life script. So what is that? That's where you write out a detailed description as if you're already living that life Mm -hmm. so that it's emotionally charged. So you do feel it and you see it as well in your mind's eye with that description. So it's all positive words, present tense, detailed description. Now, when I say detailed description, it doesn't have to be like, sometimes people will say, well, I don't know what the house is going to be like. I haven't found the house. It's like, okay, well, what do you feel like? Do Do you want a home that has multiple bedrooms for your guests? Would you like to have high ceilings? Do you want a view of a river? Do you want to have, uh, I know, a triple car garage or five car garage? Maybe you're a car buff, you know, like just write down multiple car garage, just get something like a description so that you can feel what it's like, you know, you're driving in your driveway. It's not so much what it looks like either. It's how are you feeling? So I love that feeling of when I drive in my driveway, I'm home and I just love my home so much. I thank God every day for my beautiful home. I love it. I love showing it off. I love having our friends over and guests over for dinner. We have these wonderful dinner parties at our dining room table and you just describe it that way. Mm -hmm. And then with business, like as an entrepreneur, you don't have to say how, and that's important with the Power Life script as well. You don't have to go into details of the how it's happening. The Power Life script is about the end result and mostly about what do you feel when you're living it. So I don't write in there, like, let's say the goal is to have X millions of dollars in revenue in the business. You don't have to say, well, it's with this product, that client, just let the universe reveal the way or find the way for you. So just talk about how successful you are and how profitable your business is and the revenues that you're generating and the positive difference you're making in other people's lives and how much your clients love you and you love them. And, you know, the kind of people that you're working with as well, those would be the kinds of things. So Hmm. I, I came up with this strategy back in the 90s, Ben, and, and I wrote this detailed description. And I did it because I found that at that point in my life, like in the 90s, I realized that even though I had been studying the materials and going to seminars and listening to the audios in my car and reading all these books, I, I really didn't feel like I was having a major, major shift in my results. Mm-hmm. And I recognized the missing link was the feeling states on a consistent basis. Yes. And that's the thing, like you got to get in harmony, right? Vibrational alignment is what you it's described as as well. Harmony with the feeling of knowing that it's already done. So I wrote out this detailed description. I recorded it and I listened to it. And I started that back in the 90s and it just really started to cause a change in how I was feeling because this is true. When you hear something over and over and over again, you will start to believe it. And that's how our paradigms are formed, right? Yep. Even as a child, like your parent tells you, oh, you're so smart. You're so smart. You're so smart. We grow up believing that you're smart. Or your parent tells you, you're never going to amount to anything. You're never going to amount to anything. And you end up in jail. Like it's just, you know, stuff like that happens. Why? Because it's not that they they aren't smart or it's not that they're, you know, not uh, or worthy of going to. It's not that at all. It's just that that's what they believe. And so the Power Life script builds the belief system within you so that you know it you know, in your heart that this is the way you're living your life. So that would be one thing I would recommend, but that's not the only thing that I do. Like I function every day with that intense focus. You know, Bob Proctor always says, hold it with your will, hold it with your will. And so every morning I get up. Now, the first thing I do, Ben, is I look at my sales report. Hmm. So I have financial statements and sales reports that are mocked up to reflect the goals that I've nice. set. I love right? that. It's easy to do, right? If yeah. you're dealing with a TD bank, as an example, just go get the TD bank logo, put it in a Word document, grab your account numbers, and then put in whatever number you'd like. 
And then I print those, laminate them, put them beside my bed. So in the morning, like you'll see, you know, lip prints all over mine. I kiss them, right? Yeah. It's like, now I often teach people about their relationship with money as well. So do you have a love relationship with money or do you have a hate relationship with money? Yeah. So, you know, you visualize it. So that helps, that helps anchor in the belief that that's what you've already created. You're looking at you're looking at what you would love and getting emotionally involved in it. I also write my gratitude journal, but I don't only feel gratitude for five minutes in the morning. I bring that gratitude with me throughout the day. And I'm constantly saying things like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Like really feeling it. It's like asking ye shall receive, or it's actually a better way. And I've heard it presented this way. Ask and know, like give thanks for receipt is a better way of, uh, of manifesting. I just, it's like that Quakers used to say, pray and move your feet. So you could pray, but prayer of thanks. Neil Donald Walsh talked about that in conversation with God. The greatest prayer that you could give is a prayer of thanks. Yeah. So you walk around all day. Thank you for my successful business. Thank you for the clients that I'm blessed to serve. Thank you for the you know, being the number one in the company, whatever it is, I just thank you, thank you, thank you. And you bring it forth, you bring it with you throughout the day. And then I write in my journals, I have my goal journal right here. I've been writing in that for months and months and months. I write out my top goal, you know, multiple times every single day. I have my goals journal here. I read my goals every day. You know, I have pages in the other room. I've got a page here. I call it a treatment that I read every day. It's called a treatment for money. I read my affirmations every day. I do mirror work in front of the mirror. I listen to my power life script every day. I got my vision board right there. These are daily practices for me Yeah. yeah. every day, not once in a while, every single day. Now I've had people say to me, how long does it take? What does it matter? What does it matter how long it takes? You know, you know, what are your goals really worth to you? It's like Bob often says, you're going to trade your life for it, but this is not a bad thing. This is not a negative thing. This is not a destructive thing. I mean, you and I are chatting here. It's still morning. I mean, it's not even noon yet. And I've already done all these things. Yeah. Right. And you know, you can do them at the same time. Like if you're walking down the hallway to go to the washroom, you could be imagining, right? You could be, you know, just doing your dishes at the sink and giving thanks. Um, I plug in my earbuds. I had them in earlier today when I'm doing things around the house. So like if I'm making the bed or sometimes if I'm going in the shower with a, a shower cap on, because it's not the day to wash my hair, I'll put them, I'll put them on. I'll be showering with my earbuds on. You're yeah. getting ready in front of the mirror. You're getting dressed. You're walking the dogs, like the other day, I took the dogs out for a really good two-hour walk, and I ran into a bunch of neighbors out there. I think right now with COVID going on, people are just nice, they're happy to see a human being, right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. But the whole time I was out there, I'm listening. My earbuds were in. Now, they couldn't see them because my hair was down, but I'm listening, listening, listening. So you listen to it passively and actively. Passively means you can be doing other things. Like I have actually recorded videos explaining this to mm-hmm. people while my earbuds were in my ears listening to my power life script. Wow. I just think I can talk to you. I can have a conversation with you. I can be doing something else while that's because we're always taking in, in our senses. So we've got to be aware of what are we taking in? That's why I don't like the television on the news or I don't like to see the news. And because it's, you know, it creates an impact, impact, impression, impression. So you want to make sure that you're impressing your mind. You're surrounding yourself with only positivity And that's, you know, that's creating that sense of knowing. So you got to dwell in the knowing that your dream life is already here right now. So what does dwelling in mean? It means you got to feel it. You got to feel it every single day as if it's here right now. And, 
And so if it's here right now, you wouldn't be stressed. Yeah. You wouldn't be upset. You wouldn't be screaming at someone. You would just be relaxed in the knowing it's already done. And it's, it's tough. I will say that like, this is not easy to do because we're such habitual creatures, but it gets easy when we condition ourselves to do it. It absolutely gets easy and easier. And it also doesn't mean you're not going to get off track. Everyone gets off track. Everyone gets off track. You just got to be ready to get back on, get yeah. back on track. You find yourself going down that road of negativity. It's like, stop. I don't want to go down there. Come right back here. Wow. And so, you see, I always tell people we're in control of what we think always. We're in control of how we feel always in all ways. So just take responsibility. Nobody makes you feel something. The economy doesn't make you feel something. COVID doesn't cause you to feel something. You choose what you're going to feel. It's like you and I started and you're talking about 2020 has been a great year for you. Me too. Mm-hmm. been a phenomenal year for so many reasons. I see people online doing all these messages about bye-bye 20. It was like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, I understand there's definitely, we're in a different world right now. It's unique. There's, you know, some stuff that's going on that's not enjoyable for sure, but there's always, always, always something great. Yeah. Always something great to focus on. Yeah. Yeah, that was a masterclass right there. On, <laughs> you know, I, I think I, I know for myself, I'm going to listen to that a whole bunch of times. I think people are just that that section we had right there. I want to talk about a couple of those ideas. Just, you know, when Peggy talked about everybody you know, where she's created the sales report up front, you know, think about how that applies to whatever business you're in or whatever career, or maybe, right. maybe you're in a corporate job and Maybe you don't have a sales report, but maybe it's your bank account balance. I mean, you could doctor right. up your bank account balance and have that Ooh. that you look at. Or getting onto the scale, the weight you want to weigh, whatever it might be. Some yeah. kind of, I think that's so great. And I've done that for a long time. I think I learned it from you, but I've done that where I have for, in our business, we have the production side of what we do in helping clients and the new agent side. And so I have those numbers for the year already done on a board when I look at those. Beautiful. Yeah. That is so good. So great. And, and I think the other thing that was so important about what you just talked about, Peggy, was this idea. And I think this is actually where I think a lot of, uh, you know, maybe, maybe law of attraction type teachers or personal development, I think sometimes where they miss the mark a bit is we do hear a lot about setting goals. We hear a lot about reading your goals, stuff like that. But where you just expanded so, so well on is feeling. Feeling, yes. and I know Neville has that book, Feeling is the Answer, right? Or feeling is, feeling is the secret. Feeling is the secret. That's right. Yeah. Right here. <laughs> yeah. There it is. Yeah. And and I I've learned that too, where that was such a transformation for me was to really start to step into more of the feeling of. And right. All those ideas you just talked about were so powerful. And 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 everybody too, when you're listening to when Peggy said, Well, I, you know, I do this and I've got my affirmation, I got my vision board, and I got my power life. You know, you got to understand if, if you're listening to it right now and you're thinking, man, I, how am I going to do all that stuff? I th- start with one, right? Yeah. Start, you know, start small. So, so if, you, if, if you could actually just really quickly on the note of that, so say they're new to these ideas, they're not doing anything like that. What one would you say, hey, start with this? Power Life Script. It's Perfect. the most powerful. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what I would start with. And it's easy. You know, think about it. You write it, that's work, obviously. Yep. Maybe revise it, make sure it's very positive. Record it, that's easy to do. 
Yeah. All you have to do from that point on is take this, this little thing called a finger and push play. Yeah. Like I have mine on my phone. It's also yeah. on my laptop. So I sync up my phone once I finish uh, recording it. And then I just uh, push play, just push play, push play. Like, does it get any easier than that? It's like one, one touch enlightenment. That's what I like to yeah. call it. Yeah. I think that's so great. And so everybody, as you're listening, if you, if you haven't done that yet, get that power life script going super yeah. easy to do. And like you say, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's phenomenal. Um, hey, I, I gotta, I'm, I'm curious about this. Can we talk a little bit about when, when people have, they've got their goals, maybe they're even studying these ideas. They might even be implementing. Can you talk about maybe some of the main obstacles that get in people's way of manifesting their goal of creating the life they want? Yeah. Such a good question. Thank you, Ben. I love the questions. You have a great voice too. <laughs> so I, I think the, the biggest obstacles that get in people's way is not knowing how they want to know how, right. And, and you don't have to know how, so that's, that's the part that, especially people that are doers, that's the part that trip, trip people up. So I think it's, you know, not, not knowing how, but yet believing in the unseen, which can be a challenge. So, I mean, that's what I, I actually have that in my power life script that I believe in the unseen, you know, I easily believe in the unseen. I believe in the invisible. I trust, like, I, you know, it's a big part of letting go. It's allowing, it's trusting, you know, it's that kind of thing. So that can be a big obstacle for, for many, many people. Another obstacle is believing in themselves, like having confidence in themselves. I think that's another biggie and probably if not the biggest, definitely one of the biggest uh, that we've had. I mean, I've been working with people now since I started my business 26 years ago. And I see that as a constant where people are lacking confidence. They are lacking belief in themselves. You know, they don't believe that they actually have the power within to manifest their every desire. And so they're not believing in themselves. So that's something else that could be added to a power life script. You know, I love myself. I genuinely love myself. I've been working with a, a lovely woman who is an engineer and she's running a, a business of her own. And uh, she's just got this beautiful, beautiful energy. And I gave her like a daily code of conduct. You know, here's, here's how I suggest that you live your life every single day. And there were 15 things on there. And item number nine was to say, like declare, I genuinely love myself. And uh, even though she's been doing all the other things and really been focused, a phenomenal student and, you know, getting better and better results all the time and has come through some health challenges as well. Like she overcame a uh, cancer um, diagnosis and so like totally changed her life that way. She said that that was the one of the ones that she struggled with the most was just saying to herself that she genuinely loves herself. And I, and I said to her, do it in the mirror. Like, look at yourself eyeball to eyeball in the mirror and say that. Right. But don't just say the words. Say it like you mean it. Mm -hmm. Like, look at yourself. Like, think about how we are. You have children, Ben. So, like, your children you love, like, they have no idea how much they're loved. Like, no idea. The love is so big. It's so expansive. You can't even describe it. I remember people telling me that before I came became a parent. Like, you can't even describe the love that you have. How would you talk to your child, you know, someone that you love more than anything in the world? Like, what would you say to them? Treat yourself like that. Like, unconditionally love yourself. 
yeah. in that way. So I would recommend uh, recommend that. So I would say, you know, the I mean, in general terms, the the things that really hold people back or cause people to retreat, even though they may even start to move forward, are old belief systems, are those paradigms that are within all of us that have been programmed. It's like our programming that is dictating, you know, how we're functioning every single day, including the thoughts that we're thinking. They're habitual as well. And so that's why we've got to get into habits of breaking patterns, breaking patterns. So the moment you, you know, you start thinking a negative thought, you start going down that road, stop yourself, like just stop, just stop and like stop right now. And you could even say that out loud, like stop, you know, realize that your thinking's going there and just put yourself right back on track again. And that's one of the things I love about the Power Life script too. It just plug in my earbuds and it's like, bam, puts me right back, you know, right back on track. So those are those are the things that I believe are really blocking people from success and they don't stick with it. And like if we, we look at, you know, I saw a post yesterday, um, actually one of my my team members brought it to my attention and it was basically saying that as of now, 62 million people have watched the Queen Gambit. The Queen, is it called the Queen's Gambit? Have you seen that show on Netflix? Oh, no. it's really good. It's really good. And I saw it when it first came on Netflix and it, it's about chess okay. and I've never played chess ever in my life. My husband plays chess, but I never played chess. And, you know, it, yeah, it's about chess, but it has so many great lessons in it. It is so well done. Well, the guy that came up with that idea, the creator, the originator of the Queen's Gambit, he actually came up with that idea 30 years ago. Wow. And was rejected, 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 rejected. And it just came out like two months ago and 62 million people have already watched it. It's probably going to be one of these success stories, you know, that was catapulted to success. And, uh, and you know, why did that happen? Because he never gave up. Right. Never gave up. I wrote a book called be a dog with a bone. Like you got to hold on tight to your dream. Don't let, don't you drop it and don't let anyone else take it away from you. It's up to us. Like if you want your life to, to change, you do have to change. And it's not something that you just do for a little while. And then, okay, I'm done now. Uh Uh-uh. It's a lifetime commitment, but it's fun. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's amazing stuff right there. And, And what a great story too, of 30 years for that idea, right? Yeah. To percolate and finally turn into, you know, the vision that he's probably had for so long. Um, right. And everybody too, I mean, when, when we hear this, when Peggy started it, probably one of the bigger obstacles she mentioned was this idea of really thinking that you always need to know how. Right. You, you, you might, you know, Mike Dooley of him, Mike Dooley, yes. possibilities. love his work too. He talks about that one of the obstacles, the, the cursed house, always trying to tell yourself, I got how, 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 how. And instead it's just, as Peggy's been teaching, is it live from the goal. Don't worry about the how. The how is going to show itself, right? The universe is going to show it's going to lead that way. You'll figure out how. it happens surprisingly sometimes, right? You heard me tell that house story, right? How I bought a house, I didn't have the money. And where did I end up getting the money? Four days before the deal was closing and I did it on a stock transaction. I never bought a stock in my life before that day. 
<laughs> yeah, incredible. So incredible. I want to switch gears now. Um, you know, as as everybody you know knows too. I mean, we're we're listening to an unbelievable author, and, and you're just about. Well, actually, when the recording comes out, your book will be available. So Yay. You, you've, you're just just releasing a brand new book. I'm very excited to talk about that. I'd like to hear more about it. Savvy Wisdom is a new book, so I, I can't wait. I've got my pre order now. And I, I can, can you tell us, tell us about the book? Oh my God. Savvy, by the way, for everyone listening, it's S-A-V-Y. So it's not savvy like the word savvy. It's a name. It represents a name. So here's what happened, Ben. So on October 30th this year, I, I have a list. I have this wonderful woman who works with me on my team and she makes a list of recommended video topics for me to record for my morning manifestation videos. So I, and it's all online, like it's a spreadsheet that we can all access. So I go online to see what's the next topic that I'm gonna record a video on. And I see it's a topic, how to write your first fiction book. And I'm thinking, well, I haven't written my first fiction book, but I do, I've studied how to write fiction. I teach as part of my complete author program, how to write fiction. I've worked with fiction authors before, but I never personally written a fiction book. So I saw that. And then this idea floated into my consciousness. Hmm. Maybe I'll write a fiction book. (laughs) Now I had previously been saying, even though I, you know, have 18 prior to that one, have 18 books out in the world that I'm not a great writer because I've hired ghostwriters, you know, I've hired the best editors, you know, to clean up my work. And so if you have a belief, you're not a great writer, well, there's ways of managing through that as I teach people. But I, I thought to myself, if I just change that belief for a moment and imagine that I'm a wonderful reader, because I remember one time reading in one of Neville Goddard's books where there was a section in this book, I can't remember which one of his books it is, but there's a section in the book where Neville Goddard was asked this question. And the question that he was asked is, if I believe I'm a great writer, can I become a great writer? And Neville answered, absolutely, of course you can. And so I remembered that. It's like I had a flashback to to reading that. And so I thought, well, I'm going to believe that I can not only write, but I'm a great writer. And so I reached out to a really good friend of mine. Her name is Louise Tremblay and another Canadian. And she wrote a book called Seven Roses. I have it on my bookshelf as well. And, uh, and it's about her life story. So it's based on inspired by real life events. And it's a absolutely amazing story. And I had been encouraging her for years to write her book, write her book. My son even told her, write your book, Louise, you know, people are going to want it. Well, she did. And she did an amazing job. And she studied fiction writing so intensely that she became an absolute expert at it. So I reached out to Louise and I said, Louise, I've got an idea. I'm going to write a book, a fiction book, like a novel. And uh, it's going to be a parable, kind of like the monk who sold his Ferrari, the richest man in Babylon, who moved my cheese, uh, the greatest salesman in the world, like that kind of style. It's going to have valuable lessons in it, but it's going to be a story. And I said, what I'd like to do is I'd like to start writing. I'm going to write the first chapter and I'm going to send it to you. And I want you to give me your feedback. And she said, sure, absolutely. I'm here for you. Because in my mind, I was thinking, well, if it's crap, I'll just stop. And I didn't tell anyone else I was doing it. I just decided I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. But then I set a date for when I would get it done, which I recommend to all my author clients, set a date for completion. 
So I gave myself 10 days. Now it wasn't 10 straight days. I mean, if you look at my calendar, it's pretty busy as you know. And, uh, and so I just thought, well, write in the morning. I could write at night. I could write that weekend. There's a weekend in between. I could do some writing there. COVID's happening. So why not? Yeah. And uh, so I got on with the work and you know, it was such, I didn't know where the book was going to go. I didn't know what the ending would be. I didn't know what Savvy's name was going to be, but I knew that I was going to create a character based on what I've learned from Bob Proctor. Mm-hmm. And I uh, decided to base it on my own life and my own journey. Only I condensed it, as you'll see when you get the book, Ben, into a much shorter version. So there's a, a you know part of the book that's true and a part of it that I made up, but most of it is true, but condensed. The names are all changed, of course. And as I mentioned to you at the beginning of this interview that I was suicidal when I was a teenager. So it starts where uh, Sophie, who's the main character, that's me. Sophie goes to a park bench in her hometown because she wants to end her life. And so this is where she actually meets Savvy. And it's an unexpected meeting. And it starts with the first chapter of basically introducing her and what's happening in her life and her desire to end it. And she finds herself on this park bench and she's uh, inconsolable, like she's crying and she's just, you know, a a real mess. And out of the corner of her eye, she sees a hand reaching out to her and it's holding a handkerchief because her face is a mess. And she takes the handkerchief and she opens it to blow her nose and wipe her face. And it has embroidery on it that says, If you want your life to change, you must change. And that's how the first chapter ends. And then the chapter two opens up where Savvy says, keep it. And this is where the the dialogue begins. And it's a journey. And I'm telling you, Ben, I've given preview copies out and the response has been unlike anything I've ever done. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you something. I got a text from Bob. Oh, so I got to tell you a little bit more about that in a minute, but I got a text from Bob uh, just a few days ago. And it, it, he said to me, he says, you have no idea how successful this book is going to be. He said, I want wow. you to understand because he's very intuitive as well. Like he's absolutely tapped in, tuned in. And he said, this book is going to be huge, like bigger than He says it'll be as successful as chicken soup for the soul. It's not a chicken soup for the soul book Mm -hmm. or like that, but he said it will be as successful as, and he said there was only actually in the text that we're doing the exchange, he said, I've never felt that before. And then he said, wait a minute, one time I did. And he said, I felt it when I received the very first DVD copy of the secret. Wow. it, It arrived in my home. It wasn't even out yet. It arrived at my home and he's in it, obviously. And he held it in his hand and it's just like a complete universal download came to him. This is going to be why I have goosebumps as I'm telling you this. He he just said, this is going to be wildly successful. He said, that's the only other time in my life I've ever felt that. And he said, I feel it for this book. So now that's obviously after he read it, but so I get into the writing process and 
I was having a blast, you know, talk about getting into the spirit of it and having fun. And I was just having so much fun. And I was just allowing my imagination to take over. So I wrote the first chapter, sent it to Louise. And I'm like, you know, waiting on pins and needles. What is she going to say? Like, go back to your day job, Peggy, forget fiction. It's not for you. You I didn't, I didn't know what I was going to get back. And she replied and said, oh my goodness, like this is phenomenally written so well. You're such a great storyteller. You nailed it. Keep going. It's like, oh, okay. (laughs) You know, fingers on the keyboard again. And I just, I I I have total head to toe goosebumps as you and I are talking about this. It was a complete download. It, I mean, as it was happening and as I was typing, it's like, where is this coming from? It's like it came to and through me. It was freaky. It was freaky. I remember even leaving my office at the end of the day and go sitting on the sofa in the family room with Denny and sitting there and all of a sudden, bam, more ideas would come to me. And I was like, honey, I got to go get my computer. And it's like, and Denny read it. My husband read it. He hasn't read my other books. He read one, one of the other uh, 19 books. And so Denny read it and he's, he's reading me. He's going, honey, when did you like, this is unreal. Where did you get that idea from and stuff like that? So it was fun. So, okay. So here's what happened. I gave myself 10 days. I wrote for nine days. I was done except the final letter in the book. Cause I saw the end was going to be a final letter from Savvy to Sophie. That's what I imagined. But you know what, Ben, I didn't know what it was going to say. I didn't know what the letter was going to say. So I was actually going to ask Trace, who works with me, I was going to have him write it because he knows me, he knows my material, and he writes my emails and stuff. And I thought Trace could write it. Mm -hmm. But then on the Monday morning, which was my 10th day, the final day, I got an idea. Bob Proctor write the final letter as Savvy. Now, Bob's a busy guy, right? So I sent an email to Bob. I explained to him what I've just done. I attach the book to the email. And I said, I'd love it if you write the final letter from Savvy to Sophie. And he had just checked into a resort just west of Toronto with with Gina. They had gone there to work on a brand new program that he's going to be releasing in the next little while. And uh, they went there to work on that. I mean, they were working. They were busy. So when that email landed, he was in the middle of, you know, designing a whole new program and working night and day kind of thing. So he got my email and he said he just felt he had to say yes. And he responded right away and said, absolutely. I would love to thank you for asking me. And I was like, wow. And, and so that night he finished around nine and he went to his room and, and uh, Gina had printed out a copy of the book for him because I had sent the electronic copy. Mm-hmm. And so he went to, went to bed, it was nine o'clock and he saw it in his suite and he picked it up and started to read it. He fell asleep. He woke up at midnight and he was thinking about it. And so he started reading again. He read for two more hours, fell asleep, got up at six and finished it. And he was texting me like, oh, my God, this is so good. Like, you nailed it. Like, wow, I love this book. And he said, absolutely, I'll get you the letter in the next couple of days. And so two days later, he wrote the final letter in the book. And so then I got a contract with Audible to produce the audio version of the book. So then I thought. Well, I'd love to do it with Bob because like when you read the book, you'll see there's dialogue, right? Because like in the beginning, I mentioned that, you know, Bob hands me a, well, savvy, hands me this handkerchief. And then at the beginning of chapter two, he says, keep it. And that's where the dialogue starts. And so I asked Bob, I said, would you be willing to record it with me for audible.com? And he said, yes. So my birthday was December 19th. 
So for my birthday, I drove down to his place and uh, we spent four hours in his studio and we recorded it together. And, uh, and it was, it was beautiful. It was such an incredible experience. I had baked um, blueberry muffins and you'll understand the significance when you read the book. And I had brought thermoses of coffee and uh, we just had the best time. And it was actually, it was beautiful because Bob got to reconnect with the story again. You know, I, I, when you're an author, you read it over and over and over again. Of course, I went through the editing process. And so I was very intimately familiar with the book. It was easy for me to read it. And uh, at the end, he was choked up. I and mean, there was a few times when we had to stop, restart, stop, restart. So it's a book that I'm so grateful for that it came to and through me. And uh, I really believe it's going to make a huge difference in the world. I got an email yesterday from a gentleman by the name of Danielle, who's a screenwriter from L.A. I've never met this gentleman. He said, I wept. Um, I've had uh, people, Anders Hansen read it, and he said it's one of the most beautiful. No, I think he said it was the most beautiful book he's ever read. He cried like a baby. Well, maybe not like a baby, but he cried as well. Um, You know, Brian Proctor had read it, and he sent me an email like, wow, this is so good, Peg. And I mean, Brian and I have been friends for many, many years, and he said he had total goosebumps uh, during it. I have another client of mine who told me that she's not working with a client until they read Savvy Wisdom. Um, and Saturday night we're sitting here, my phone rings. I look at the phone and it's like, I don't recognize that name. I pick up my phone. It's, uh, Helen, Helen, I forget her last name. It's Bob Proctor's sister. Now I've never talked to Helen on the phone ever. I've only met her maybe like a few times at different events for Bob birthday parties and things. And so Helen calls me and she says, Bob gave me your number and suggested I call you. And she said, I was at his studio two days ago. And when I was in his studio, I saw a copy of Savvy Wisdom sitting on his coffee table. And she said, I looked down, I saw it. And I said, what's that? And she said, it was almost calling me, right? Like there was an energy there, right? Like, what's that? And Bob says, take it. He didn't say anything else, just said, take it. So she took the book. She went home. She started reading it. Now, She's read lots of books and she said she couldn't put it down. She said it was a total page turner. And she said, oh my God, the world needs this. She was like freaking out. It was so beautiful to get that call from her. So, I mean, I've only had a few copies out there in the world, but the responses have been unlike anything I've ever experienced before. And I really believe what Bob says, this book is going to make a big, big difference in this world. That's amazing. I cannot wait to read the book. Cannot wait. So, hey, as soon as you're hearing this recording, it's available at the time of this recording. Make sure you go and get it. Uh, I can't wait for that. So excited to read that. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, you're welcome. You're welcome. Another it, well, the version of the book that uh, the original version looked like this. That's yep. not what it looks like now, as you know. And yep. there's a park bench here because that's where, you know, I went in the beginning of the book. Yeah. But, you know, after we did the recording at Bob's studio, he said, that's not the cover. You got to change the cover. He told me, change the cover. I was ready to go to production. <laughs> so I said, okay. Like, I totally trust him. He said, the cover's got to change. And so I had the designers go to work within 24 hours, less than 24 hours. I had new versions and I sent them over to him. He's like, that one. And so that's the one that we chose. And then he called me the next day and said, you got to do it in hardcover. It must be a hardcover. This is going to be a classic. You need it to be in hardcover. It's like, okay. So then I changed the format and we had to change our approach. And so coming out in hardcover 
Uh, it'll be electronic cover or copy as well with Kindle available, but uh, it is, I know you ordered a copy, Ben, if you want an electronic copy, I can send it to you if you want. Sure. That'd be great. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Love that. Um, man, so excited about that one. Wow. Me too. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. And it's fun that your your interview is going to be out there once once the uh, book is available. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, the way all the, what everyone's been talking about as you just shared with there. I mean, it sounds like it really is going to make a massive difference. And I'm excited. You know what I'm, I'm picturing is one of my favorite books of all time on the note of a parable is The Alchemist, Paulo Coelho. Oh, yes. And that's that's what I'm imagining is, Yeah. So great. Well, hey, Peggy, um, we've got you know just a, a few minutes left with us. I wish we could spend way more than this and excited to uh, hopefully do it in future, future times together too. Would love uh, that. What, what would you say as we come to, do you have any kind of closing remarks for people? I mean, at, at, depending when people are listening to this, if they're listening right when it comes out, it's going to be the start of a new year, but people could be listening to this, who knows, six months down the road, two years down the road. Right. What, what are your remarks on just, Really, if, if you really want to start to create a more remarkable life, yeah, what are your just closing thoughts on some ideas with that? Yeah, I, I believe it's to, to just commit to success, like commit to the daily work. And, uh, you know, I say the word work. I don't think of the word work as a negative thing. Some people think it's a four-letter word. and It's not a positive word. But just really be committed, like be committed to your success. Like I... I was asked recently, I was doing an interview and and I was asked this question. I thought it was a great question. Like, what would the version of Peggy McCall today tell the younger version of Peggy McCall? Mm. And I I know I thought about that for a moment. And uh, the answer was just like, came to me right away. And that would be to discipline yourself more, to be Mm. more disciplined, like daily disciplines. Because if I think about in the past 40 some odd years, it's so easy to look back, right? Like the hindsight is... 2020. So if I look back, you know, where did things really start to shift for me? It was when I started to do the Power Life script every single day and I created a daily discipline checklist and I would, you know, commit to doing mirror work, affirmations, gratitude, you know, visualization, Power Life script, and then I would check it off every day. And I did that initially. I don't do it anymore because I'm in the habit of it, but I did it initially to establish the habit of doing that on a regular basis. And once the habits are there, then you're not even thinking about it. It's just, you know, brush your teeth. You you wouldn't even think of not brushing your teeth. And so you just do it automatically. So that's what I would suggest, Ben. That's, I love that. Just commit to being more disciplined. Get get in the game a little bit more. Amazing. Peggy, um, I know people are going to want to connect with you more too. And so I'd like to talk, where's the best spot? If people want to hear more from you, connect with you more, where can they find you? On my website is absolutely the best spot, peggymccall.com, P-E-G-G-Y-M-C-C-O-L-L.com. That'd be the best place. Perfect. And I know you have tons of resources on there too. I do. Uh, there's, it's, it's amazing. You'll want to go check out Peggy's website. There's some incredible, incredible things on there. Peggy, I, I got to say thank you. I mean, this has been incredible on the note of, of changing lives. I know you're changing lives today, just even with this interview and what people are learning from you. And, and for some people, it might be, you know, for a lot of what we've talked about today, it's just been amazing reminders for me, but also learning some new strategies too on, on how I can get better. And as you started with is that, you know, for, for things to change, you've got to change. And, and it's, it's so true. It's, It's kind of funny, the timing of it. Literally this morning, I sent out a post on social media talking about change. It's amazing that you brought it up the handkerchief, what you talked about. Um, 
And, uh, <laughs> but the post was today was that it, essentially what it said was, if you don't change, nothing will change, but if you'll change, everything will change. Right. That's good. And uh, it's just amazing. Literally, we're having this conversation today, synchronicity. <laughs> up. So, hey, thank you so much for your time. It's been incredible. Everybody, hey, get Peggy's book. Go on. You can order it on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca. Go and get a copy of it. I think it'll probably be out on Audible. Is it Audible at the same time? No, it's going to be a little while. So it's with the engineer right now doing all the edits. I think Audible is going to come out in a month or two. Perfect. Sure Perfect. So, I mean, you'll be able to get that down the road. Um, we didn't have time to talk about, I know you've got a new mentoring program as well called Skipping Levels. So I think you'll be able to get more information on Peggy's website. Definitely. And hey, everybody, uh, as always, if you like the show, make sure to share it, share this episode, especially, you know, with Peggy's new book coming out, make sure you're sharing this with people they can hear, get a copy of the book, share a copy of the book once you've read it. And uh, follow, you can follow me on Instagram at Ben Spangle. Follow the show, subscribe to it, rank it, review it. Thank you for being with us, everyone. Have an amazing, amazing day today. And let's go and make this year, whenever you're listening to this, let's make this the best year of your life yet. Thanks, Peggy. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate you. Appreciate you.